Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Next Thursday, the Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, you're going to have a big turkey tomorrow, probably, or a ham, whatever you have. And then on Friday, maybe you'll have leftovers, or maybe you'll pop on over to Nola Jane in Lodo. Outstanding Cajun food. Great place to go pregame or postgame for the Nuggets, for the Avalanche, concert. <coughs> You won't be coughing when you go there, but you might be doing that on this show. <laughs> it's just a really fun time. Plus, you go up to their outdoor deck up on top. You overlook Market Street, really close to Ball Arena. Fun, great food, great hurricanes. Go check them out. Nola Jane in Lodo. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so yardbarker.com. Listed its top five candidates for coach of the year in order. Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell, Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryans. And obviously the reasons they have Sean Payton on the list is let's look at how they started. One in five. They've won four consecutive games. They're back in the playoff picture. They also pointed out, and I don't know if I totally agree with this, they wrote, Peyton has reignited a Denver defense that allowed 70 points to the Dolphins. Easy, Nelly. Easy. Talking to me or them? Them. Yeah. Come on, now? That's uh, that's giving just kind of blanket approval to the... I mean, that's, that's Vance Joseph's job. Correct. Period. And, listen, this is what you give Sean Peyton credit for. You give him the credit today for what we criticized him for six, seven weeks ago. We criticized him for hiring Vance Joseph. Now you need to give him credit for hiring Vance Joseph. Sticking with him. Yes. No question. It's To me, Dan Campbell is the guy that I would have leading at this particular point where we, we're about halfway, so we've got a lot of race still to run. D'Amico Ryans would be my second guy, and those are the two guys really that I would be probably paying the most attention to. McDaniels would be in that, probably would be in that next tier for me. Why would you put Dan Campbell, whose team finished strong last year, ahead of Nick Sirianni, whose team has lost one game? I just think that, well, I think that the Lions, I, I think the Lions are a legitimate, legitimate playoff contending team. Yeah, of course, they're eight and two. That has made, uh, that continues to make great strides, came from a place last year. Um, It's been, it'd be part of a two-year turnaround for Dan Campbell. And it's pretty remarkable because the Lions were no better than certainly the, you know, the, the Texans. They were one of those homecoming games. It's not anymore. Yeah, but you're looking at them historically. Last year, they finished really, really strong, and you saw... Yeah, but they sucked at the beginning. So, I mean, it's a continuation of the job that he's done. What's his record been since the middle of last season? Tremendous. Well, I mean, 
that carries some weight for me. For me. It, but D'Amico Ryans has done an unbelievable job changing the template in Houston. No question about it. With a rookie quarterback. Right. And, and I think there is certainly something to be said for that. Right now, they are six. And, and oh, by the way, I'm going to give you another reason why I'm leading towards D'Amico Ryans. Right. Although I can make an argument for all of them today. The only one I could not make an argument for today because I need to see more is Sean Payton. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. So, but one thing we need to take into account, and may, I'm not saying this is going to change your mind. I'm just saying I'll add another ingredient to the pot of gumbo, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Look at all of the injuries on the Texans roster. I mean, their injury report, generally speaking, every week is a two-pager. And they were awful last year. So he's doing it with a rookie quarterback. He's doing it with all of these injuries. And he's also doing this in his first year. And he's doing it in his first year. Now, granted... This is Dan Campbell's first head coaching job in the mm-hmm. NFL. Right. But he's been there for a while. Yeah. And he has done a brilliant job of building that Lions program, for lack of a better phrase. No question. But we saw it coming. D'Amico Ryan's rookie head coach, quarterback, rookie, and C.J. Stroud. All of those injuries, 3-13 and 13 last year. Now, what if for the sake of argument, because there's still more season to go, what if Houston, who right now is six and four, finishes with eleven wins? How in the world do you not give it to him? Sorry, how in the world do you not give it to a rookie head coach who who has uh, a rookie? Uh, well, first of all, I'll bet you. I I I think it's a ridiculous, not a ridiculous. I think it's a that's a tough premise for me. But maybe maybe they do. If they do do if they do that, yep, and. I mean, I knew I would need to know where the Lions are finishing up. Oh, well, let's look, let's look at the schedule. Well, for, for, the Lions will have a tougher one. I'm I'm, I'm sure guessing. I'm sure they will. Right. So next week for the Texans, they play the Jaguars. Then they get the Broncos. Then the Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. So Colts look, are Colts are a little better than we give them. They get for. the Titans twice and the Colts once. Yeah. You would think they're going to win those games to get them to nine, right? Yeah, it'll get them to nine. Man, if they if they flip their script from three and thirteen to ten and seven with a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback and all those injuries, that's the coaching job of the year. It's the it's the coaching job of the year. No, oh, by the way, I'm not going to take anything away from what the Lions have done in terms of personnel. They have beefed up their personnel tremendously. Mm-hmm. They have one of the best wide receivers in the game. They have arguably one of the best defensive players in the game. And Jared Goff has turned it around. And I'll give Dan Campbell a lot of credit for Jared Goff turning it around because you know what? Sean McVay couldn't do it. Yeah, it, it would be it would be hard if, if the if if the Texans were sitting there at eleven and six to not give him coach of the year. So so right now. What you're saying is Dan Campbell's the leader in the clubhouse. For me, but but not by much. What Kevin O'Connell has done is, is nothing short of remarkable with a guy who nobody wanted to give a chance to. That that one game alone, that one game alone when they brought in Josh Dobbs and they were basically drawing up things in the dirt, 
that in itself, that one game should give him coach of the year. That mm. one game, a game they won, that was remarkable. I can't think of too many stories in NFL history that can match that. That would be enough to give it to you over Dan Campbell? Well, then they had two more wins after that. Okay. Or, well, let me rephrase that. They um, they were on a five-game winning streak. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Right. After starting slowly, just like the Broncos started slowly. So, in Josh Jobs' three games, what, he's two and one? Is that correct? Beat the Saints, beat the Falcons. Yes, and lost to the Broncos. Lost to the Broncos. Let's see how their season plays out as well. Coming up after the break, what does our friend Cody Rourke think of Sunday's game against the Cleveland Browns? As you would say, and I love this phrase, it is going to be a rock fight. Mm. But who's going to come out of that arena and who's going to be lying on the floor? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman next Thursday. The Larkspur Outlet's Home Improvement Store. Be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health in Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. All right, let's go out to the hotline. Every Wednesday on the show, we bring in our friend, Cody Rourke, he, uh, of course, covers the Broncos day-to-day uh, for MileHighSports.com. And, of course, you can also catch uh, what he does on YouTube every day, Good Morning Broncos, and that will happen at the top of the hour. But he has found some time to talk to us today. Good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. I'm going to spin this uh, Broncos-Browns matchup in another way. Generally speaking... You can set your watch by a men's college basketball game. It's two hours pretty much on the nose. An NFL game is pretty much three hours on the nose. Do you think there is a possibility this could go down as one of the quickest played NFL Mm. games of all time because both offenses want to keep their quarterback out of danger. They want to limit mistakes. They want to run the ball. And that clock is just going to keep on ticking, possibly a two-hour and 50-minute game. Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. I think it's very possible considering, you know, both teams want to run the football. Um, I think so much is going to be contingent upon how the flow of the first quarter goes. You know, if if Denver can find a way to, you know, go up, you know, uh, by a touchdown, by a score, even go up by two scores, I think that it maybe changes – the yep. sense of urgency, you know, Cleveland coming into this game, they're the third-ranked rushing offenses. they got Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt. And when they have a rookie quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I imagine a lot of their emphasis is going to be to, hey, let's try not to put so much pressure on Dorian and let's let's run the football. Let's try to get that going. And 
then try to open things up. Um, there's certainly definitely, a, I think, a possibility here where we do see both teams run the football, and I think we'll see a very fast first quarter and potentially maybe a very first uh, fast first half. I wonder if that'll be the theme for the whole game, though. Yeah, interesting uh, question. Um, because Thank you. I thought of it myself. Well, Darian Thompson Robinson actually threw the ball 40 times last week, but they were all little, you know, just little dinks and dunks. Like I mean, like Russell Wilson. Did, didn't throw the ball a like lot Russell downfield. Will, like Russell no, Wilson. No, Russell Wilson threw the ball downfield more than... <laughs> well, he does. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but but to your point. Um, defensively, where are we right now with the running game and stopping the running game? This is the thing that they've gotten away with two games in a row where they have given up an awful lot of yards, not, but they've been able to stiffen at the right time in order to win games. But what's your level of concern right now with the way that they're bleeding yards in the running game? Yeah. You know, I think, I think a lot of it going back and watching the film, I felt like guys over pursued a little bit on uh, this past Sunday against Minnesota. I mean, there were also times where I thought Minnesota, their offensive scheme is relative to obviously the, the Shanahan system in terms of how they want to run the football, the blocking scheme, um, and that's where the Broncos have struggled historically this season against those offenses. You go to the Miami game, you go to the New York Jets game. Um, you know, that, that's where they've had struggles with stopping the run. And I think a little bit it was attributed to that because the Vikings coming into it weren't a very good rushing offense coming into the game. And so for me, I think a lot of it is technique. I think a lot of it is maybe over pursuit. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Denver come out this week and a little bit of that 4 3 look where they're going to have Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper, Zach Allen, and DJ Jones. And then they're going to have Drew Sanders, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton as three linebackers there. I think that's something they're going to have to do. Because if they continue to get gashed in the run game, then obviously that's going to be a big concern. You might have to change some things up a little bit. But I felt like overall watching it was a little bit of a pursuit issue, more so than it was just you know anything else. Like Denver's just not good at it. They just think that they overshot some gaps at times, and it led to a cutback. And Obviously, the tackling's got to have to be better. First contact, Denver's going to have to wrap up a guy, and everyone else is going to have to rally and get there. They didn't do that consistently enough uh, this past Sunday. But I would say in, in crunch time when it mattered, they actually buckled down. They did yep. a really good job in that. But you don't want to find yourself in that position to like, oh, we have to do it now. Like, Do it throughout the entire game, and it'll make it a lot easier for you. I think when you look back at Broncos history, there are a ton of parallels between past teams and this particular team. Uh, we can start it off with the 1980s with John with John Elway and who his head coach was and the guy calling plays. Generally speaking, with Dan Reeves, who's run the ball, run the ball. Hey, John, please bail us out. If you can't, that's fine. But then in the fourth quarter, it seemed as if Reeves kind of had to throw up his hands and say, okay, John, just be John, right? And then he had a lot of fourth quarter comebacks. By the way, Elway has 31 fourth-quarter comebacks in his career, and Russell Wilson, ironically, is tied with him right now. Both are sitting at nine. Then you look at the 2011 team with Tim Tebow. Nothing really seemed to work for the first 58 minutes of the game, and then it was, okay, let Tim Tebow be Tim Tebow. Now let's go to this team with this historical match of those three eras, if that's what you want to call it. The Broncos have scored 65 points over their last three games, yet have scored 31 of those points in the fourth quarter. Is it pretty much the same thing that Sean gets to call the plays throughout the entire game? I get that. 
But then he almost has to acquiesce and say, kind of need to let Russ be Russ in the fourth quarter if we're down. Yeah, I think so. I think that there's a lot of trust there, which, I mean, obviously is important. Um, I would be a little more concerned if there wasn't that trust, but we've seen Russ in two straight weeks kind of do that, and we've seen, you know, he's checked out of some plays, to, you know, and he's made the right call according to Sean Payton on some of those adjustments that he's made. And, you know, I think it's just his grasping of the offense and are saying, hey, we need to make a play, and, and he's not shy from the moment. I think that's a very, very promising development with what we've seen from Russ is that, the moment isn't too big for him. I know, especially with all the stuff that happened last year, uh, you know, I would be, I'd, I'd be very understanding if his confidence wasn't that great in situations like that. But he's, he's shown that he's not wavered in that. And these guys have that ultimate belief. And now they've caught a little bit of fire. They've got confidence in themselves now. But even to the point where even Sean Payton said, you know, he's asked about, you know, whether or not he's worried about the team's mentality after winning four straight. And he said, well, he said, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of focus because when you look at the tape, it's not good. It's bad. Like, they're still doing a lot of things wrong, and they're missing a lot of opportunities out there. So I'm very curious to see how that is uh, going to tr- kind of play out through the, the next couple of weeks here. I mean, look, it's big. Denver's got Cleveland this week. That's tough. Then a three-game road trip and then a Christmas Eve game. Like, Denver has a chance to get well above 500 and firmly in the playoff picture as one of the wild cards. And obviously – they're only two games back from Kansas City, which is weird. I don't think we'd ever say that here at this point of the season. If you would have said week seven, like, oh, hey, you know, come week 12, the Broncos are only going to be two games out away from Kansas City. I would have been like, you're crazy. So, uh, you know, this team is turning things around, but they still have a lot of areas they can be absolutely better at going forward. Looking ahead to next year in a roundabout way, I don't think it's a slam dunk that Russell Wilson is the quarterback of this team. I think it's leaning that way. But it's not a slam dunk like Jalen Hurts will be the quarterback for the Eagles and Patrick Mahomes will be the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. What needs to change this offseason to make this as much of a passing offense as they are a running offense with the common denominator being Russell Wilson if he comes back? I think you need a you need a legitimate threat or two in the passing game at tight end. I, I think that Denver's tight end production has been that's a, they're one dimensional, you know, teams right now are looking at Denver's offense are saying, well, you know, we're not really worried about 82. We're not really worried about number 84. Number 45 is not a guy who's going to give us any fear. So, okay, let's cover Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. And then, Hey, look, if number 25 is in the game, he's going to be a guy that's going to probably be a pass catcher out of the backfield. Like Denver's offense, super one dimensional in the passing game in terms of the receiving options that they have. I think if Denver had a legitimate threat at the tight end position that could really impact the passing game, I think it would make teams it would make it a lot more difficult for teams to do what they're doing defensively against Denver's offense. They just simply haven't had that dynamic. And I was actually a little surprised that Lucas Kroll didn't get activated again. At least he's got speed and he's got the ability to run routes and you know he can hurt you. But the the reality is Denver just doesn't strike any fear to anybody at the tight end position. I think if Denver's gonna run things back with, you know, the receivers that they've got, the the emphasis on running the football, they need a tight end who can catch and be a pass catching threat. And unfortunately you know, they were hoping that was going to be Greg Dulcich. I'm not sure it's going to be him. So are you making the case, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that Greg Dulcich has been a bigger loss than Tim Patrick? No, no, I'm not, not necessarily saying that. I just think that Dulcich, from what he offers from his size and his speed, is just something Denver doesn't have at tight end where you can line him up underneath the formation. I think Denver arguably, yeah, I think you can make a bigger case that they are really missing Tim Patrick because I think Tim Patrick – with his size and the, and the role that they actually had supplemented for him coming into this season, 
I think would have been a huge security blanket for Russell Wilson that maybe, you know, we wouldn't be so focused on tight end, but Denver has no threat at that position. So when you only have two or three guys defensively that you have to really account for in the passing game, it makes it easier for defenses. Cody, offensively, where does Sean Payton need to squeeze more blood out of the rock or the turnip or whatever <laughs> the hell the saying is? Or uh, the turkey. Well, because okay. tomorrow, yeah. after all, well, okay. is a day that there, we eat ham. The, yeah. But, I mean, he's got to find well, I don't. something. Um, obviously, after they weren't able to run the football, that you're gonna, you should get a pretty heavy dosing of that. Cleveland has given up some yards rushing, but you got to find points uh, in this football game somewhere. Where do you find them with this offense right now? Yeah, oh, that's a great question. I mean, when you talk about they're they're one of the NFL's top pass defenses, and I think so much of that is, you know, they have some good guys in the back end of that secondary, but Miles Garrett is a wrecking crew. Uh, he's very, very good. They have good linebackers, Jeremiah Wusikoromoa. He's very long, rangy, athletic. Oh, and then former Broncos Shelby Harris has been having a pretty good season for them down there in Cleveland. They just they know how to dial up pressure and they know how to make things difficult. So, I mean, Denver, in my opinion, Bruce, they can't play timid the way they did in the third mm-hmm. quarter against Minnesota. Yeah. They have to be aggressive. Like, you're going to have to take shots. Like, you, you're going to have to just have trust, right? And I know that's a hard thing for some coaches. Like, if they feel like they're deficient in one area, you just have to trust that your protection is going to hold up. But you've got to let Russell Wilson go out there and take some shots downfield. You've got to try to get some big plays. You can't just dink and dunk it the entire time. It's not sustainable, especially for a team that's trying to get into the playoffs. And if Denver does, they can't do this in the postseason. And so they have to find a way, I think, take more shots. I think we saw Jerry Judy get a little bit more involved this past week, which was nice to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can't just take the dink and dunk shots, the quick passes. I understand you have to take what the defense gives you. You can't just be reckless. But there's going to be times where it's like, all right, hey, don't be scared to go out there and air it out a little bit and try to make some big plays because if you do that, then you're going to have the defense sitting back on their heels, and then that will allow you to maybe find a little more balance in the run game against a very good run defense. So – I mean, it's it's tough to say, Bruce, because this is probably, I'd say, the toughest defense that Denver's going to face uh, in the remaining stretch of their games this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very curious to see how they approach it. What can you not live without tomorrow? A great Thanksgiving dinner and tremendous pies or football? Probably football because I'm not celebrating. I'm not having any dinner or anything yet tomorrow, so we're all good. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna live with football. What do you mean you're not having – what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Watching football. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. Watching football. That's about it. And what are you going to do for dinner? Nothing. No. Just make a regular it's a day. Dinner. It's a day for him. <laughs> you know what's funny? Because I just talked to another friend of mine. He's married, but his family's out of town. He has nowhere to go. And if I would have known this, we would have made a big Thanksgiving dinner. We would have invited you over. And yes, the TV would have been on because it's going to be at Mandy's house and we'll be watching Hallmark Channel. Would you like to, <laughs> if we decide to do a dinner, would you like to come over? <laughs> I'll watch the Hallmark Channel. It's the best time of the year, ain't it? it, it well, see, the funny thing is they're doing all this Christmas stuff now, and I understand why. But they, they were doing literally promoting, uh, you know, Christmas in July. And then they have, like, Christmas in April. Right. It's always Christmas. You know what I think the Hallmark Channel is? And I've said this to Mandy many times. The Hallmark Channel, because I'm forced to have it on in the house, is nothing more than an adult film but they, it's all the same actors. They just have their clothes on. I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> it is. But it's, but it's all feel-good stuff, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? Oh, it feels good, yeah. No, but it's all the same actors and actresses. All of them. They're all the same. They're yeah. interchangeable parts. 
It's like it's hey, like it's a good formula. It's like the Love Boat. It's always the same cast uh, of B characters. Yep. You gotta love. Do you know who the uh, the captain was? <laughs> yeah, Gavin McLeod. No. Oh, um, no. He was the first officer then. Played uh, played Siegfried or whatever it was in uh, Get Smart. Was was the was the master villain in Get Smart. Get Smart, one of the most underrated TV shows in the history of television. Let's let's get the show back on the rails. Which, which which game are you looking forward to tomorrow the most? Ooh, that's a good question. I think there's several good matchups. I know uh, for me, the early slate, if we're looking at it, this is tough. I, I always like watching. Uh, what is it? The um, why did I why did I just get confused there? I just had it. The Raiders and the Chiefs are going to be one. That's not tomorrow, is it? Though? No, no. tomorrow's no. Packers Lions. What's today's date? Today's um okay. Yeah. Today's, hey, today's the twenty second. Packers and Lions. Packers yeah, felt like today was the twenty fourth. Packers Lions. Commanders, Cowboys, 49ers, Seahawks, Seahawks or 49ers, Seahawks is the game. (laughs) Or we can throw in the Black Friday game, if you'd like, to just add some spice to it. First time ever. Dolphins, Jets. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a blowout. (laughs) That game I don't particularly like. You know what? I would not be shocked if the Commanders maybe get an upset win tomorrow, but... Hmm. In terms of entertainment, I think no. 49ers Seahawks will probably be the most interesting. Will Geno Smith play in this game? Though I don't know because hmm. he took that shot from Aaron Donald. I know he's got a bruised tricep. Um, I don't know. That, see, it looks the best on paper. Actually, Washington and Dallas could be the most exciting one tomorrow. Wait so, a minute. So know, I'm excited. So there's a possible Drew uh, or Drew Lock Drew Locke. sighting sighting yeah. against the San Francisco 49ers yeah. defense. Very possible. I'm, I'm paying to see that. Cody, real quick, are you married? Are you married? No. Girlfriend? No. To his job. A girlfriend? Yes. yes. You do. Okay. Is she going to be joining you tomorrow? Uh, she's out of town. So that's the unfortunate side of it. Well, I got news yeah. for it. Does she like football? Yep. She loves football. So okay, good. So w- eventually, when the two of you do get married, I don't want to give it to Kenahora. At least you know <laughs> that. Football will be on during Thanksgiving. Is that correct? Was that a was that a deciding factor on dating her? I, I I don't mean to date ourselves, but there's a great movie called Diner, where one of the characters gives his his fiance a football quiz, and if she didn't pass it, he would not marry her. Did you? Are you planning on doing that with your girlfriend? No, not at all. <laughs> okay. Not at all. Well, enjoy your guy's day watching football and eating what you eat. Happy Thanksgiving, and honestly, I give thanks that you're on our show every week because you bring so much yep, insight. Yeah, does Th- a great job. Thanks, Cody. Have a great day. Right. Appreciate you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. See All you, right, folks. coming up after the break, um, Andy Baskin from Cleveland joined us last hour, and he brought up a good point. What's better on Thanksgiving, sitting down as a family and mm-hmm. eating Thanksgiving dinner or grazing all day, probably while football's on? That's next. Hmm. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. 
Here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Next Thursday, the Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store will be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and much more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. I want to go rapid fire here on this segment with uh, you, Bruce, obviously. You're on the marquee. And then Alex as well. With that, um, would you rather have a Thanksgiving Day dinner with your family? Or would you like to be in the same room with your family but graze all day, watch some football, yada, yada. I'm not talking about TV trays necessarily, but would you rather sit down and have a dinner or would you rather graze all day? I think I'd rather have a sit down uh, to connect. My kids are all over the country right now, from Sacramento to Phoenix to you name it. So I would say I, I would rather have everybody sit, commiserate, have fun, et cetera. That would, that would be more meaningful, I think, to me and their mom. I would much rather have the sit-down dinner as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm the same way. And, and I have this thing, and I don't know why I do, but Mandy and I always need to sit at the head of the table. I make that very clear. Sure. It's very important to me because when you invite people into your home, and obviously it's family as well, I, I just like that feeling mm-hmm. of knowing that we prepared dinner we, yeah, we that's not we bought dinner, but we we prepared it, and you are our guests. Yeah, well, it's, it's love that part of the level of thanks that you give for the day. Favorite holiday of the year, is it? Is it Thanksgiving or something else? Um, I guess Thanksgiving would be kind of there. Christmas is for me, yeah, frantic, always frantic. Yeah. Because I'm covering a game. I mean, there I, I can't remember the last time I wasn't traveling to or from or getting to a game on Christmas Day. And yeah. this year's no different. We've got one on Christmas Eve. Right. It's second behind Christmas for me. Yeah. I, I mean I have to go I really Thanksgiving by default. Columbus Day for you? Yeah, because it's around my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. President's okay. Day. Okay. Would you rather have Thanksgiving with a cocktail, beer, or wine in your hand? That would be wine. Yeah. I would say. Beer or cocktail, probably a beer, though. It's interesting. Then um, I, I'm going to have a, a big shopping trip to Argonaut because I'll go with the cocktail. Good. For sure. I'm not a beer drinker. What is your cocktail? What is your go-to cocktail? Kettle and tonic. Can't go wrong. No. Cannot no go wrong and with that combo. Now, if I've Reka in the house, yeah, then that tops the kettle for sure. Um, what can you least live without on Thanksgiving? Is it football? Is it dinner? Or is it dessert? It would be the dinner, I think. Probably I, that's the, the most important thing. Because well, the, well, the, well, if you have a sweet tooth, you might say nah. dessert. Yeah, no, and I don't generally have a sweet tooth. I'll I'll go with Cody. I'll say football. Yeah, football would be way down the list for me. Really? Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, I like sitting around that table. Yeah, to me, the, the that's kind of the if if there's a magic to Thanksgiving, that's what it should be. One thing has to be on the Thanksgiving Day table. Uh, salad. What? Well, I don't eat. I mean, salad. I'm a I'm a basically vegan person. Okay. So I would never. So what's going to be on your table? Um, I'm not sure. Green bean but, but casserole. It will, but it will be good. Green bean casserole, obviously. Yeah, there'll be. I don't know. Ugh. But it'll be good. I just. I, I mean, if uh, like my wife can really, really dress up a salad. <laughs> The way she chops those radishes no. is something to behold. No, it's the fruits and the other things that she adds to it. Okay. it, it it's nuts. A Thanksgiving Day salad. Now that sounds awesome. Well, there's other things, too. There's broccoli and cheese casserole. I know that's going to be part of it, and that is one of my favorites. I, I could never come to your house because I don't eat cooked vegetables. Well. Which is probably by design why you're a vegan. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Probably dark turkey or mashed potatoes and gravy, but okay. turkey. Okay. Yeah, and I'll and I'll go with stuffing for me. That, stuffing that, because you, I rarely I can I make mashed potatoes not a lot, but I make it enough with bacon and chives and obviously butter and however else you make it, roasted garlic. Yeah, love all that stuff. But the only time I eat stuffing is on Thanksgiving, so it's quite a treat. And how that's something that you love to prepare. I love stuffing. To, I love to prepare all of it. Uh, good for you. Love to, Good for you. And oh, by the way, and, and if you're having 20 people over for dinner, it, it's going to be a chore. But I really believe that Thanksgiving dinner is the easiest meal to prepare hmm. by far. There's nothing complicated about it. It's pretty easy unless you're going to go like our friend Greg Larson, who's the vice president of Siltar, said he takes two days to prepare his stuffing. Right. Right. All right. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? We'll talk about what Deion Sanders said about Mount Rushmore. And is there any chance we get a Joe Flacco sighting in Denver this weekend? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Next Thursday, Roller Auctions uh, having an auction. Uh, Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Auction. Uh, great store. They're going to be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and much more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. All righty, guys. Just in case you missed it, at Deion Sanders' press conference yesterday, he admitted he really thought 
Mount Rushmore was in Los Angeles. Here's the clip. As you said, you didn't live up to your expectations. Yeah, yeah, my expectations are out of the darn park. You got to understand, man. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. What's the what's those little four heads that's in California? What do they call those? <laughs> the people faces in, engraved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. I set up there. It's in where? South Dakota. I thought it was in L.A. all this time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, my geography. That's the Hollywood thing. I, that's what I thought. I'm sorry. Thank you for educating me. Jesus, South Dakota. <laughs> that Florida State education is really paying off. Scratch one school uh, off the list that my daughter will be going to. That's fairly funny, though. Yeah. He handled it actually fairly well. Uh-huh. I, I, I got a chuckle. He probably out of that. thought it was The Rock, Lil Wayne. Yeah, right. Pick two other people. Yeah. Although I don't see many faces on the Hollywood sign no. in L.A. By the way, the governor of South Dakota has invited Dion and the entire team out to South Dakota to go see Mount Rushmore. Really? Yeah. Now, I don't know if they're paying for the trip. I can't imagine that they are. Um, they'll give them a tour. Like, this is, you know, Kermit Washington. And this is, um, I don't know. <laughs> this this is uh, Richard Jefferson. Okay. Things like that. Something like that. Yep. I like Mount Rushmore. This is the Lincoln lawyer. I've been there once, and I don't think I would need to go again, but I really enjoyed it while I was there. Uh, I was there when I was driving to my first job in Kalispell, Montana. I stopped by there. It was interesting. It was a little bit out of the movie Vacation where I stood at the Grand Canyon with Rusty. I put my armor on him, did a couple of nods, and I moved along. Yeah. I mean, if the faces talk to me, I'll go back. Other yeah. than that, well, it, it's very cool. It might be a late night when that happens. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And, 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 and a little acid. <laughs> I hope not that part, but anyway. Yeah. Little LSD mixed in there, yeah, right? No kid, right. Well, clearly you know your drugs, Alex. George, no, no. George Washington is talking to me. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, just in case you missed it, Joe Flacco signed with the Cleveland Browns practice squad earlier in the week. It's expected that Flacco will get promoted to the active roster and will give the Browns some added quarterback depth in light of Deshaun Watson's season-ending injury. Although the Browns beat the Steelers with Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback, could we have a Joe Flacco sighting in Denver this weekend? Well, we will, and we'll be sure that he's not doing anything to mentor Darian Thompson Robinson. No mentoring. No mentoring for Joe Flacco. Like Locke. Not like, no. Can't do it. Not his job. I'm going to hijack the rest of the segment as uh, we are going into Thanksgiving. And all of us have our families, and we're very blessed to have great families. All four of us, Nigel, Alex, Bruce, and you, or and me, I suppose. Um but this is our morning family. Yeah. And generally speaking, when you do sports talk radio, if it's a guy, you I refer to you as my work husband. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And I'm sure you look at me the same way. Yep. Uh, Alex, we've been together for a very long time. Uh, and Nigel, I'm so glad that you are working the show today so I can say this to you as well. That this family, uh, what we have been able to do, we're not some huge staff. It is an absolute pleasure coming in every day. Alex, you always have stuff taken care of, even when I don't ask. Same with you, Nigel. Uh, Bruce, I cannot say enough how much I enjoy our partnership. I've been blessed to have great partners, and I am so thankful that I get to start my morning with the three of you. And, you know, we'll all be sitting around a table at some point tomorrow giving thanks 
so on and so forth. But I wanted to do it on the air today to thank all three of you for making my job easy, for making my life easy, and for really starting off my day really, really well by getting the opportunity to work with the three of you. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's a great way to start every day. The friendships that have been made already are friendships that will endure. And I want to thank the listeners out there, some of whom I get to chat with every now and then yep. or that communicate. And it's always nice to get a little back and forth with folks. Uh, it, it's all a very nice symbiotic relationship, uh, and it's very much appreciated. And I'll say one more thing on what you said about the listeners and our viewers. There's a lot of really good sports talk radio in the morning sure in is. Denver. And if you join us or you're a regular listener or regular watcher on milehighsports.com, you really do have a lot of good options. Yep. I'll be the first one to tell you that. This is very, very competitive in mornings. And if you spend some of your day, part of your day with us, I cannot thank you enough because there are a lot of great options out there. No question. So thank you. Best way to start every morning. Ten hours of sports talk with you guys every single week. It's awesome. I love it. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. We appreciate that. And Nigel, uh, we're not going to put a mic in front of you because we really don't care what you have to say. <laughs> Nigel, you want to say anything real quick? <laughs> <laughs> no. No? Well, wait a minute. He's already upset with me. Nigel, you never get on the mic. I never do. I never do. But uh, now that I have the chance, um, I want to thank you guys as well. Um, this has been a great opportunity for the last, um, really, most of this year. Yep. Um, this was kind of new to me first around February, but this whole year has been, been a journey. been a journey. I've enjoyed it every morning with you guys. Well, you're delightful. And yep. let me just say this, and I know Eric feels the same way. You two guys, Alex and Nigel, pay attention to these guys. They're going somewhere. I couldn't agree There more. is no doubt or question in my mind these guys are going places a lot a lot of guys on that side of the glass are starting their careers with us we are well on the back nine no question of our careers this is your start and i and i know i speak for bruce it's exciting to know what the journey is going to be for both of you because you're not going to be here forever and i know that and people are going to come in and out and i've watched with so many other people so it's fun to be able to see where your career is starting. It's going to be great to see where it goes. That is Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, yes, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. If uh, you know, you're going to you're going to wind up cooking, you're going to spend a lot of time at the store. Have Argonaut delivered to you. Every delivery over 200 bucks is free. They deliver to the entire Denver metro area, or stop by off of Colfax. Again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Thank you so much for uh, listening and watching. Make it the best possible Thanksgiving you can. We'll talk to you on Monday.